where you're here at Tim Ferguson's Cheeky Monkey Comedy Class, where he teaches people not only to be funny, but how to be funny in film in the five or six different ways that are available. I'm here with Tim now on the lunch break. Tim, has it been a good weekend this weekend? Have these people really come out and wanted the funny that you are giving them? They wanted the funny, Maynard, but in fact, they brought a lot of it with them. What type of comedy they seem the most interested in? In the Cheeky Monkey, you list over seven million comedy types. Have they gone for the comic reversal? Have they gone for the realisation? What have they gone for? They were big fans of the inescapable conclusion joke type. This is where you think you're out of jail, but uh uh-oh, turns out you're still in jail. One of the examples is other Make-A-Wish Foundation lady visits Kenny in hospital and says, Kenny... If you could have any wish, what would it be? And Kenny said, which is translated by his dear friend Cartman as he says his wish is not to die. And the lady from Make-A-Wish says, hmm, if you could have two wishes, what would the second one be? What you're teaching them is kind of obvious, but people don't see it, do they? The principles of comedy, the tricks of comedy are like a magician's tricks. People don't see it. It's just they're less curious about them than they are about how a magician does it. People hear a joke, they get surprised, and they just move on. They don't care how it was put together. Does it ruin it for you? Because having worked on TV and you know how TV works, sometimes watching TV can be a bit of a drag because you know, oh, that's how they did that. Does this ruin humour for you forever? Completely. I haven't laughed for over 38 years. (laughs) If it's good comedy, that's always going to get you. But it does mean that bad comedy... Like those sitcoms with American teenagers that come on at Christmas time, uh, that stuff can drive you completely nuts. Two of the new shows that are coming up in the mainstream American comedy season, there is Young Sheldon, a look at Sheldon from Big Bang Theory at nine years old, and The Orville, done by Family Guy creator Seth as a sci-fi comedy. How do you reckon those are going to go? Well, the great thing is that comic characters don't essentially change. Their particulars can change, like, you know, Sheldon ended up getting a girlfriend. But he'll always be Sheldon, the guy who knows about everything except how normal people relate to each other. So I imagine when he's a kid, it'll be the same thing. He's a gifted scientist and mathematician, but he doesn't understand anything about how the world works. As for the Seth MacFarlane one, uh, you and I were talking about science fiction and comedy sharing the shield of steel that is a lack of accountability. Comedy gives you one layer away from reality. Comedy and science fiction together gives you another layer away. So you can really make comments on stuff without people really feeling, hang on, that's about me. That's right, yeah, which is why people can do terrible things in sci-fi. Soylent Green, for example, nobody walks out saying, my God, they're doing that in New York, even though they were doing that in New York. (laughs) Well, I'll go have a talk to a few of the people that are here and see what they think about your class. Don't ask them too carefully. Some of them are drunk. I'm in the second row here because we all know the, you know, the people that are really annoying are either up the front or at the back, but we're in the second row. Who have we got here? Uh, my name's Danny. Why are you here, Danny? And why do you want to learn about the art of writing comedy from Tim Ferguson? Well, I was a huge fan of Das growing up in Good News Week. I was already a stand-up comic, an improv comic, and I knew that a lot of my jokes could work, but I didn't know why. So I wanted to come here and learn some fundamentals so that I could figure out why Uh, certain jokes work and why they don't and it's been really helpful and along that track have you actually read any of the recent work of steve martin who's been writing a little bit on in that level too 
I haven't read that yet, but I did just buy his comedy masterclass that he's selling online, and I can't wait to start it, so it's going to be really exciting. What I find interesting in his autobiography is that he would go out and deliberately make the jokes unfunny to an audience Mm -hmm. to find out what made them funny. Who the hell's got that many gigs free they can die a couple of times? Steve Martin. (laughs) He has a lot of very hilarious and strict ideas about comedy. Mm. He always says that when he sees a new stand-up comedian... That's why he's been married so many times as well, yeah. (laughs) He's always said whenever he's gone to see a new stand-up comic, he always looks for how they enter on the stage. Because if they just do the normal, hey, thanks for being here, he's just disinterested. But if they come out and do something weird, something that makes them stand out, he is automatically on board with them. What's been your most interesting type of joke that Tim has demonstrated to you today? The over-exaggeration, the use of over-exaggeration in jokes. Um, I'm a huge fan of Robin Williams and Tim showed us a clip that's one of my all-time favourite jokes. I knew I loved it, but I didn't know specifically why. All he was doing was explaining how golf works. Exactly. All he was doing was talking about golf, but he split it up so definitively that it makes you say, oh my God, there is actually a science to this. It's like, yes, he's an amazing performer, but also he really knows what he's doing and it's all intentional. None of it is an accident. Uh, It's empowering. Where can we find you online, by the way, if people wanted to? Just look up Danny Johnstone on Google. (laughs) And who have we got sitting next to Danny? Alina Lonergan. And what's been your favourite type of a joke that Tim's explained to you? And why are you here? Are you here to do some writing or to be funnier or just to learn about what the hell makes this the whole thing go? I've been writing humour and comedy for quite a while now, probably maybe 20 years, something like that, and I've never understood it. I don't know what makes something funny and I've always struggled to figure out what the nerve, the central nerve of comedy is. I go to see comedians all the time and I think, wow, that's funny, but why, why? And so I make notes of everything. I realised from uh, hearing Tim speak yesterday that the kind of thing that I do when I write a funny column for a newspaper, for example, is juxtaposition of incongruous elements. So two things that completely don't belong together, shove them into a very small box and you make them interact with one another. And that's what I've been doing. But I didn't have a methodical approach to it. Tim showed us how you can do that exact thing by starting by writing two lists. I want to make a joke about Tony Abbott and I want to make a joke about crystal meth. So I write down all the characteristics of Tony Abbott and all of the characteristics of crystal meth and I try to find common points and link them. Once you've found the common points, you can actually then create humour. And what was the type of comedy that was confounding you the most that you were watching and you were going, I know this is funny but I don't know why. Is there an example of a type or a comedian or a series or a show? I saw somebody in the last comedy festival, his name is Neil Portenza and he's a clown and he's a very strange clown so he's somehow appealing to something central like deep within us we have a three year old and he's waving his sharp knife around the stage and flicking bits of sausage all over the audience and I'm thinking you're insane and I'm laughing and I don't know why so you're looking for the element that makes everyone uncomfortable but not so much that they want to leave the thing is that all comedians are different that's the thing, but I'm trying to find what people have in common with one another. I hope the hell Tim tells you. Can we find you anywhere online or anything? Oh, you can find me on Twitter, at Elena Lonergan. E-L-E-N-A-L-O-N-E-R-G-A-N. I'm in the second row again. Ursula. Why are you here? Are you to improve your watching of comedy, your writing of comedy, or you just want to be rich like Tim? Mainly I just want to be rich like Tim, I'd say. Stand-up comedy, I've done a bit, but I sort of thought that... 
it was pure luck that it went well because I didn't really understand why people were laughing. And so I thought it would be a good idea to kind of find out the reasons or the science behind why people laugh. Mm. Stand-up comedy is gruelling. It's something I've never really been able to do, but I think that's because I don't know myself very well. I think knowing yourself is really helpful. Do you think there's any truth in what I just said or am I just being weird? The only time I ever did stand-up was after I went to India. Everyone finds themselves in India. Lots of poop gags. Yeah, well, gastro. Gastro Mm. makes you find yourself. So maybe that's just the trick. Get gastro and then you'll be fine. What's your favourite type of joke Tim has explained to you? Now, I find the inevitable conclusion one of my favourites. What's yours? Observational comedy. Yeah. Because I never knew it was a thing. Like, you you see stand-up comedians do their thing and you don't really realise the science behind it. There's different types of jokes. But observational comedy is like a massive part of it and that's definitely been my favourite. And where can we find you online if we want to see how your comedy evolution's going? I'll do that tonight. Ursula Axel. Remember her Indian poop jokes. <laughs> and speaking of poop jokes, here's a guy who just bumped into in the toilet there. Who have we got here? Uh, Graham Mills. And why are you here, Graham? My friend who's with me here, Ben, he actually surprised me with a mission to this course. I had always loved comedy, always wanted to get into stand-up, but always felt like I had the kind of vital handicap of not being funny. That's a bummer. If you're on stage and you're not funny, what you're doing isn't even drama. You're just loitering with intent. Yes, that sounds about right. I've seen plenty of loitering with intent kind of people before. And your favourite type of humour is what? I guess I'd say observational. I guess I didn't realise it was as broad and encompassed as much as I would have thought of it as being just so much to it, but it's so simple. So, okay. And can we find you anywhere online so we can see if you've actually gotten funnier after this workshop? I do actually have a YouTube channel, the Graham Mills channel. What do you do? Oh, it's me and a camera and I basically be sarcastic and talk about things cynically at the camera. Sure, the teacher's here, we better let him get on with it.